Hi, this is Esti, host of the Friday A Public Affair. I hope you help us by contributing to WORT and you can also subscribe to the podcast. Bye. Six foot six above sea level I grab the mic because I like to take you to another mental level Low power frequency radio modulation The big sound from underground another power No change without struggle No one in power ain't giving up nothing No change without struggle No one in power WORT 89.9 FM Listener Sponsored Community Radio Madison, Wisconsin And hello, welcome to A Public Affair I am Esti Dinor We have talked a lot on this show about Line 3, Line 5 The Dakota Access Pipeline at Standing Broke Keystone, Excel Pipeline. But did you know that Tim Michaels, the Republican nominee for Wisconsin governor, is a contractor for Enbridge and has been involved in constructing all of these? Do we want him as a governor? We are here to discuss that and um, the latest issues with Line 5, which goes through Wisconsin, with two guests with us, uh, Paul DeMaine, retired businessman from northern Wisconsin, current board chairman for Honor the Earth, an environmental organization established to promote self-sufficiency, cultural revival, and protection of treaty resources in indigenous communities. The main published the award-winning news from Indian Country and other Native publications from the Lacour Doré Reservation, where he resides near Hayward, Wisconsin, and during summers on Madeline Island in Lake Superior. And hello, Paul. Thank you for uh, joining us again today. And Thank you. Also with us again is Jill Ferguson. She's a white elder, was dubbed badass grandma by the youth in the water protector community. She was arrested three times at the Canadian Enbridge Line 3 in Minnesota last year, where she sustained serious injuries from a Clearwater deputy while protecting the Mississippi River. Jill says that she was born intolerant to any and all injustice, making her first protest signed at age of 12 during the Vietnam War. And hello to you, Jill. Thank you for joining us Hi. again. So Thank good, you, Esti. Good to have both of you. And um, let's start with you, Paul, just uh, to um, start with uh, the Enbridge Line 5, which, of course, is not new. Um, it is um, at or, or perhaps through um, the Bad River Reservation, but um, there are, of course, plans to uh, redo it. So can you just uh, remind us the history of Line 5 and what are the current issues with it? Well, uh, Line 5 runs out of the Lake Superior refinery and kind of the Grand Central Station for the disbursement of uh, oil and gas products uh, out of Canada, out of the lines that run across northern Minnesota, including the new Line 3 that's now in operation that was uh, fought over last summer. 
Uh, line five has a number of controversies on it. It is being challenged uh, in by the state of Michigan on the renewal of the permit simply because of the issues having to do with the Mackinac Straits uh, line running through there deteriorating and being unsafe. Enbridge is proposing that they replace that with a new tunnel and there are going to be Army Corps of Engineer environmental impact statements and Army Corps impact statements on that process, which is going to take a number of years. The Bad River Reservation sued Enbridge several years ago for the illegal trespass of their lines through the reservation on easements that do not have a lease. So there's a number of parcels on the reservation that Enbridge has been running uh, oil and gas through for uh, probably about a decade now without a lease agreement with the Bad River Tribe. The tribe asked Enbridge to remove that line out of the Bad River watershed. And uh, Enbridge has all these little public statements out that all their union people in their ads always say about how much they respect tribal sovereignty. However, Enbridge also countersued against that lawsuit against the Bad River Tribe. They also countersued at least twice on two different issues having to do with the Mackinac Straits line. And they're actively involved in uh, what I consider to be the undermining of the social political nature of mm -hmm. the argument in Wisconsin through very, very heavy spending. For example, last year alone in Minnesota, Enbridge spent over $300 million on indigenous contractors, the first time they've had ever had an interest in hiring uh, native people. And I think they've probably uh, bought up every Indian that was for sale in Minnesota and Wisconsin at very lofty uh, wages and salaries, and, and uh, I understand how people can utilize those jobs, but uh, Enbridge is basically buying their policy. Uh, they pumped in in past as many as $60 million into political lobbying in Minnesota and Wisconsin just to try to purchase their social and political license. In fact, I think it's, it's why they're probably uh, a foreign corporation is running their favorite candidate, uh, Tim Michaels, who Enbridge's largest contractor in the Great Lakes area. He certainly would have a conflict of interest being that he appoints the head of the DNR, which oversees this permitting process. And so there are any number of issues we can deal with in regards to that potential conflict, how uh, I believe that a foreign corporation is buying Wisconsin's governor's election. They have organized the unions in terms of all these little cards that they send in the comment. We love uh, oil. We love petrol products. We love the temporary jobs that they bring here every 50 or 60 years to do pipelines and have a lot of people convinced that this is the epitome of progress when uh, Flint, Michigan still needs water pipes. There's any numerous infrastructure programs that are available to put union workers together on clean energy projects and clean infrastructure projects rather than doing the bidding of a foreign corporation. So um, what what does the pipeline carry now and what will it carry if um, the, the current plans um, go through and what is the timeline and who will benefit from it? Is 
the, does the uh, oil go to Wisconsin? Do the um, um, reservations, the tribes, do they benefit from it right. in any yeah, way? Yeah, the eight questions here now. We want oh, to right. answer a few at a time. Go ahead. Uh, <laughs> line five is a line that runs from Superior, Wisconsin to Sarnia, Ontario, Canada. It delivers probably 98% of its product. And it really doesn't matter what goes through that line. Whatever goes through is dangerous. Whether it is diluted tar sands, they won't call it tar sands. They add a dualant to it that changes its nature so they can call it anything else but tar sands. But frankly, through these pipelines, Enbridge can pretty much run whatever it wants. They run different uh, types of chemicals through those lines all the time. They don't have to report those uh, flows in many cases because they're proprietary or they're, uh, it's a lot of secret information about what actually gets into those pipelines and when. But essentially, they're running uh, crude oil uh, through that line over to Sarnia, Ontario, Canada. Some of it's dropped off in Detroit, uh, Michigan to some uh, refineries, and then a tiny amount of natural gas is dropped off near Escobar. Naba, Michigan, for uh, natural gas users up there. The essential problem is not what runs through the lines, even though uh, the tar sands that comes down from Canada is very rough uh, oil. It takes its toll on those pipelines, different from uh, the conventional uh, fracking oil or the conventional pool oil that's uh, put through those lines. But what we know is that the line was a 60-year line that's now running uh, close to 70 years old. It's been patched up, a recent historic leak in Ashland, Wisconsin, uh, in which they claim there was a teaspoon of oil spilled, uh, ended up being a multi-million dollar digging project um, from apparently a spill or a leak that was historic. And the question is, is how historic, how long uh, did it uh, impact the uh, copper, uh, uh, copper Falls aquifer that runs uh, through there from the Pinocchies down into the shoreline of uh, Lake Superior and Ashland waterfront with artesian wells. And um, they ended up patching that particular pipe time, pipeline with three metal band-aids. So it literally looked like a large band-aid uh, welded around the section, then a second uh, smaller band-aid, and then a 30, third small metal band-aid over it uh, after saying this thing had leaked a teaspoon. So uh, we, we know that Enbridge uh, lies uh, about its data, that it defers, that it uh, convolates the discussion. And so them saying it was a teaspoon is like when they said that the Jefferson County Fort Atkinson oil spill was less than a gallon, and now it's uh, uh, maybe a couple thousand uh, gallons that it's been t determined. And one of the reasons these small spills <laughs> place, I, I, the Polaris Institute took a study out several years ago, and it's an old study, but in a 10-year period, uh, Enbridge had over uh, between 1999 and 2010, uh, they had 804 spills of different sizes uh, on their lines. And the older they get, the more likely they are uh, going to spill because of the deterioration of the coating on the outside of those lines. And then uh, once you get water seeping in there, the welds. And they run pigs through and they have numerous integrity digs in northern Wisconsin on this line on a regular basis. The uh, Ashland dig what might be considered an integrity dig other than it was 
discovered by a contractor looking at that. But many of these other integrity digs are set off by pigs telling them that there's weaknesses in the wells uh, uh, and and the, the pipelining itself, which is an added safety feature that's been added since Kalamazoo. But these spills are on a regular basis. It's never a question of a, a when uh, they'll happen uh, or if they'll happen. It's a question of when and where and how big they're going to be. And so line five uh, it endangers the entire uh, Lake Superior, uh, Lake Mich- Michigan shorelines as it runs across uh, those, the, the upper peninsula and everything. And frankly, the beneficiaries are people in Sarnia, Ontario, Canada. It actually reduces the cost of their per gallon cost of gas at the pump by about a penny a piece. So the elimination of line five would add about a penny per gallon to the customers in Sarnia, Ontario. What's interesting is Enbridge hasn't been able to get their projects that would run this pipeline over the Great Lakes in Canada because of environmental regulations. They're forced to... Uh, put a pipeline decommissioning. Every pipeline in, in, in Canada has to have a decommissioning fund established. And so Enbridge can save money and the beneficiaries are the stockholders. Enbridge is the largest uh, dividend, guaranteed dividend, uh, guaranteed dividend payer in the oil and gas industry. And the reason they do that is they don't want their investors to flee as these issues in climate warming and the uh, global warming and so forth come to head. And, uh, People can see, the Rockefellers can see an end to investment in fossil fuels and many, many other banks and individuals are on the same track. And in fact, Enbridge downgraded the life of their entire mainframe uh, grid uh, to less than 19 years of life. So they can write that off on their taxes and still uh, probably enjoy all the other tax tariffs and cuts and and, uh, and, and lack of environmental regulations in the United States. That's why they're here. That's why they're running. They're running their... Candidate, a foreign corporation, in my estimation, is running their candidate because they are concerned that this Line 5 relocation will be defeated in Wisconsin, uh, not just because of politics, but because of environmental concerns. One uh, last quick question before we get to Jill. Um, line 3 is brand new. It's less than it's it's been carrying oil for less than one year. But I understand that there have been uh, quite a few leaks already. Uh, well, there's not oil leaks. Uh, what they're looking at is is uh, last year, and something that engineers tell me should never happen on a project. Enbridge breached at least three aquifers. Uh, two of those aquifer breaches are still running, even though Enbridge has been fined and said they plugged it. They pumped uh, millions of gallons of grit into the ground to try to stop the leaks. Uh, when people went and inspected that site recently uh, by LaSalle uh, National State Forest Area in Minnesota, that aquifer breach was free-flowing again. There's another aquifer breach over uh, near the Fond du Lac region, actually leading to the Fond du Lac tribe saying that their ricing season isn't going to be good because the rice is not good in that area. And it may be in part because of the drop of, of the amount of water that's flowing uh, out of that area. Uh, because of the aquifer breach. In addition to that, something that Enbridge calls real short-term 
uh, impacts. That is the drilling under the rivers. And there was uh, 30 or 40 of them in Minnesota. I think there's uh, 18 to 20 of them in Wisconsin <coughs> coming up. That'll be done by horizontal drilling. There are now uh, drilling fluids that cannot be identified because they're proprietary to the public uh, that are now leaching uh these uh, chemical mixtures that head up the drilling bit as it goes under the ground and fills caverns. And in some cases last year, uh, 30 or 40 instances where fluids actually came up from uh, 60 feet below, 30 to 60 feet below the surface of the river and poured out of riverbanks, poured out of the middle of Willow, uh, Willow Creek and is now leaching out as the groundwater systems push their water through those ecosystems. Those chemicals are now leaching and they are long-term impacts that were just said, oh, you know, it's about 15 days we're going to do this and when it's done and over with, uh, we're done and over with and the impacts are are done as well. That's not the truth. And I think what happened in Minnesota is giving a good idea of why Wisconsin residents are concerned about this project. There should never have been an aquifer breach at all. That's engineering error and to have three of them means that in my estimation, this company should never get a permit in the United States again for what they did in Minnesota. And in Wisconsin, if we look stringently over the potential environmental impacts it'll probably be defeated because this company likes to take shortcuts and get things done real fast they're enbridge they don't go around anyone they go through everyone and they buy and pay um, people off by politicians and political systems and they've pretty much been able to buy the regulatory process in minnesota and wisconsin that's why the tribes and environmental organizations are asking for a complete epa eis and an army corps environmental impact statement as well mm-hmm. and um jill thank you for your patience um tim michaels who um no problem. who who um, was endorsed by Donald Trump, uh, won the Republican nomination for Wisconsin governor. Um, it, it has become your uh, recent cause to let the world know more than we have known about him. Tell us, who is he and um, what are these issues that, re- that are related to oil pipla- pipelines that um, have to do with him? Jill. Oops, I think Jill is frozen. Seems like we're having um, some issues. Are you there, Jill? There she is. I'm here. Can you hear me? Yes, now we can hear you. Turn okay. your video off, okay. Jill. Turn it off? Yeah, turn it off and, and hopefully you will be, the audio will be better. Go ahead. There we go. Okay, how's that? Is that yes, better? Yes, that is better. Did you hear my question? Okay, I did. Okay. So, uh, like I said, when when um, when uh, Tim was running uh, against, you know, everybody thought that Rebecca was going to win, and when Tim won, um, Rebecca I, Clayfish. Being, a, being a, uh, yes, being a water protector, I had no idea. I had not made the connection. Tim Michaels to to uh, the Michaels Corporation, which is uh, comprised of about you know thirteen between thirteen and twenty different corporations it's not one corporation it's a, it's a conglomeration of all kinds of things as i learned when i looked at his economic statement um for running for governor 
So when I realized that he was the Michaels that um, did did line three, um, and I, I was absolutely horrified. So I dug deep, and um, thank you, Paul, for saying all the things that I looked up um, much more eloquently than I would have. But you just took away all my notes. But that's okay. I love you anyway. Um, <laughs> but my research just uncovered the type of person this is. And, and right off the bat, I, I want to say that this is not political. I mean, my it's not politically motivated that I am um, so disturbed at him possibly being the governor of this state. Um, when you're talking about the Great Lakes, that's that's 80% of this country's fresh water supply. And that is a non-renewable resource when it's gone it's gone and we have um you know all the states in, involved in the great lakes compact we have a responsibility to to um to take care of that resource and so when i looked up uh, you know michael's record um first of all the the corporation has been sued many times for for poor business practices um it, he's got uh, numerous i've got them all here 30 plus um um safety regulations that you can find that he was fined both state and federally um and that is on the good jobs first tracker website um, so, so he's, uh, and clearly with, with all the, um, breaching of the aquifers in, in Minnesota, he's, he remains unaccountable. And every time we'd hear about a breach, and in fact, one of the aquifers that was breached in the Willow River, um, that was actually the second time that I was arrested and I was in the Willow River when it was discovered, um, with Winona LaDuke, um, and so um, having seen all this myself and realizing that, 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 that these, these were absolute oversights, unexplained, uncontrolled, unregulated, unaccountable, um, you know, Enbridge is the one that does, supposedly does the, the oversight. And, um, it, you know, I went to an open house Enbridge had um, here in Wisconsin over the winter hmm. and just it got a whole, you know, plethora of, of Enbridge propaganda. And one of them that I'm looking right now at right now says that, uh, that, that they are 24 7, 365, um, you know, uh, uh, on their safety record, which is absolutely false. Anytime a, 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 a leak of of any substance, whether it's drilling mud, whatever, whatever, it has been by either a water protector, a community member, or um, visible by the by a drone. And this is not the the responsibility of the public to have to police what they're doing. You know, we have a Clean Water Act. We have, um, you know, the contract that they had has been violated in so many different ways they they literally when i was um out there the third time Enbridge was working 24 7 through the night they they lit up the 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 entire uh, arena like it was a, a, a ball field or something and worked through the night because they knew that they had there were lawsuits being filed being you know, dealt with in court. And so this was a rush, rush 
um, job and just get it done, no matter by what means, get it done. So that speaks to me a, a, a lot about the, you know, integrity and honesty um, uh, of Michaels. He is not a good businessman. He's a, he's a, a, a shady uh, character at best. Um, and I also found it, it, it real interesting that um, in January of this year, he received the contract to, from Enbridge to do Line 5 in Wisconsin. And uh, apparently the, the corporation announced it in April and then uh, January, you know, June, he decides to run for governor. That seems pretty, pretty suspicious timing to me. Uh, I think he, you know, his agenda is pretty clear to me anyway, that he wants to make darn sure that this goes through. So, um, you know, SC, I just think it's really time for people to ask a lot of questions. Um, you know, I know I have many, many, and, you know, number one, like Paul brought up, why, why are we allowing a, a foreign Canadian corporation to go through our pristine land, water, uh, and poisoning it with, with, with all of the, these chemicals for, for oil that's going to go back up to Canada, as Paul said. It goes, you know, through our lands back up into Canada for refinement and then for export. So, you know, with 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 Embridge saying, you know, what what a grave economic impact this could cost and putting up, you know, the fear of, oh, the gas is going to go up, you know, it's it just going to cripple the economy. No, you know what? Canada is worried about their economy when it comes to to jobs here in the United States. That's another fallacy. They're they're short term jobs. And on line three, only 32 percent of the hours were actually by Minnesota um, uh, people, residents of Minnesota. So they put all this this propaganda forth about how great it is for the economy, and um, you know, it's just it's just propaganda after propaganda. Mm -hmm. So I, I, we have to ask questions. We have to ask ask President Biden too. Um, you know, right now, uh, Canada is for the second time invoking um, the 1977 treaty to keep the Embridge line uh, flowing. And, um, you know, my question is why, why, you know, again, why is it okay that, that this nation has violated and broken uh, every every treaty it has ever made with the indigenous people, but we're but we're afraid of Canada and of Enbridge to say no, we're not doing that anymore because uh, the EPA has said that you know sent two hundred recommendations to the DNR that this is a bad idea all the way around. This is a bad yeah. idea. Yeah. Yeah. Um, my guest, uh, Jill Ferguson, you just heard her, also known as Badass Grandma, a uh, longtime water protector who uh, was actually seriously injured while um, protecting the water at um, the site of Line 3. And also with us is Paul DeMaine, who is the current board chairman for Honor the Earth, and uh, he used to publish the award-winning news from Indian Country. You are welcome to join the conversation if you haven't uh, called this past week. 608-256-2001, extension 9. You can also join us on social media at Word Talk on Twitter or a public affair on Facebook. So um, 
I don't know if you uh, can explain that, Jill, but uh, one thing I don't understand is how come that he was given, that um, that uh, Tim Michaels was given a letter of agreement to construct yes. Line 5 in Wisconsin in January, even though the DNR hasn't even approved it yet. Who gave him that letter of agreement? How, how does that work? Do you know? Yeah, you know, I would I would love to know that, uh, St, because that's that's just obscene. How do you get a contract to do something? Which means you know he's already working on uh, on everything and ha- and and has said everything is in place. That the minute it's approved, they are ready to go. So um, you know, either he's pretty confident, or you know, as Paul said, Enbridge is um, making sure that they do everything along with, you know, along with the, the massive amounts of money that um, that Tim Michaels has. He's already put in a, a minimum of $12 million of his own money into this campaign and um, uh, has, has a list of, of numerous people that are giving $20,000. I mean, if you were to look at his economic uh, statement of economic interest, it's it's obscene. He, there's over 30 places and this these are all conflicts of interest that he has business interests of over fifty thousand dollars there's 50 of them over fifty thousand he's got 13 corporations listed here how do you divest from that he claims he will divest from it how do you do that i don't see how that's even possible and he also said that if he's if and when he's the governor he will seek to get get more uh con- contracts throughout Wisconsin. And it's just alarming to me, um, you know, as also I'm a board member of Peace Action of Wisconsin, I am deeply concerned that this this nation, our economy is based on militarism and extraction. And that is unsustainable. Mm-hmm. Uh, Paul, if you know the answer to that question, I'm I'm curious to hear it. And also, yes. what do you think will happen if he does become the governor of Wisconsin? Well, first of all, I don't think he's going to become the governor of Wisconsin. It'd be the first time we had a Connecticut resident uh, in, in in our do, state capital. I do guess. Do you want to explain that? Well, he, his children are enrolled in Connecticut in school there where he has another house. He's got another house in New York. And there's people that say that he's been ha, has in the past spent most of his time in Connecticut where he has a residence that at least his children live at and go to school. Um, uh, Jill brought up a couple of uh, interesting things that I wanted to mention because she talked about uh, the oil products uh, being uh, exported for foreign production, which is true about the majority of the oil that comes out of Canada that's produced in the tar sands. And it's the other three lines that run from Superior uh, down state of Wisconsin that really uh, carry uh, most of what's considered to be the dirtiest uh, of the oil products. There's one line that runs the Doolent back north, uh, which is very, uh, very highly explosive and, and which makes the oil flowing back treated with that highly explosive as well. Uh, most of that oil goes to Texas, where it's refined into all kinds of different grades and sold to foreign countries like Taiwan and Singapore and Vietnam and so forth, where these cheap plastic products are made like plastic snow scrapers and plastic spoons and all the things that Enbridge says in your ads every day that you read in the Surrey County Record and the Ashland Daily Press that went from a quarter page to half page. They're now running full page ads in all these 
newspaper chains, buying their editorial policy, feeding them talking points and everything. And so in, in that, many of these refineries, uh, this, this material that goes to Texas to refine, it, it does that because it's very expensive. It costs 90 to $100 a barrel to produce tar sands. Nobody's buying that in the United States because you can frack oil at 70 and you can pull oil out of Oklahoma and Texas at 50 to $60 a barrel. And so the majority of these products are being refined off, even though there's always these little, uh, what you call spill-offs, little areas that uh, that take oil as that line goes down for various things in Superior, Wisconsin. They take some and they refine a little bit of it in Minnesota. But uh, I wanted to note also that part of the reason Fort Atkinson, Jefferson County spill wasn't detected, nor this uh, historic uh, spill, whatever took place in Ashland and some of these other uh, spills that take place that are found by the public, and it is the public that finds a lot of them walking mm-hmm. in the woods, is because Enbridge can lose 91,000 gallons of product a day. In the maple syrup industry, they call it shrinkage. Every time you move things around, you lose part of your product to pans and spoons and things as you move it. Enbridge can lose up to 91,000 gallons of product a day on their system, and no bells or whistles or anything will go off because that's expected. All that stuff added added by 365 days a year times 60 years, and you see why a teaspoon spill in Ashland, Wisconsin, turned into a multi-million dollar uh, cleanup operation. The third thing is, is I want to remind people that there was other engineering errors in Minnesota, including their request for something like 500 million gallons of water for what they call dewatering. When they, when they build things, they have to take the water out of the ground in order to make it dry where they're putting their pipeline uh, trenches. Uh, they changed their request to 5 billion gallons of water. I th- actually, it was 500 billion gallons of water in Minnesota in June of last year and got permitted within two or three weeks of that request over the objection or consultation with the tribes during a drought. You would have think during a drought, the amount of water you have to pump out of trenches would have been less, except that their engineers uh, miscalculated what they needed in terms of water. And so they were drawing water of fire hydrants. They dried up Rice Lake on the White Earth Reservation, according to the accounts up there. Uh, they impacted the water system in a way that was very negative for the users of the st- state of Minnesota. And so, again, we've learned that as, as Jill said, this, this company worked uh, night and day during the winter months. They had uh, a tractor crash through a beaver pond. They had workers uh, that were endangered on those roads during the winter, rushing to make sure that they got this pipeline through because once they get oil through a new pipeline, they are guaranteed their investment plus a return. Even if once they get the oil through, even if that line would have been shut down, they would have regained percent or 110 percent of their investment from tariffs on gasoline and other products in the United States. So it's very lucrative. If, if, if you happen to stumble on your project and you have to shut a line down, the U.S. citizens pay for what would have gone through that line. They at least get their investment equity, be, equity be back. 
So those are some of the things we're concerned. And I think, uh, again, when you look at the Wisconsin DNR EIS project, let's take clean body of water. This agency is authorized to permit pollution up to a certain level. And so they're going to give a permit. Uh, in the case of the major permits have not been issued, but Tim Michaels has contracts to do everything preparatory that doesn't need a permit. So in other words, they're grounding uh, ledges up there in, in areas where they're going to put uh, hydraulic equipment, they're stacking pipes, they're doing fences, they're regooming roads. Those contracts that he got for line five work are probably all those preparatory things that you can go ahead and get small permits for culverts and things from counties to do improvements. They're going to do everything they can. Enbridge had hoped to start in March of this year to put that line in. They're probably 18 months away, in part because of the excellent questions raised by Wisconsin citizens having to do with hydraulic fracking, having to do with hydraulic horizontal drilling, having to do with water regulations. And uh, I think the Wisconsin DNR is still compiling some 30,000 statements. Uh, we believe a majority of those statements were against the line and in favor of a much more uh, rigid, uh, rigid uh, environmental impact statement because we've learned that in the preliminary environmental impact statement, there were sentences that were incompleting, incompleted. There was typos that didn't make sense that tribes and other people pointed out to the Wisconsin DNR. My understanding, the response was, is, well, they ask a question and Enbridge gives us the information and we insert it into our environmental impact statement. So the information <laughs> is not being generated and reviewed closely by Wisconsin DNR, their preliminary environmental impact statement was written by Enbridge and Enbridge contractors who all have a conflict of interest, just like Tim Michaels will, if he has to appoint, if he becomes governor, if he has to appoint the head of the DNR and oversee that permit. It's a huge conflict of interest and not in the best interest to the state of Wisconsin. Mm -hmm. So just to clarify, Paul, did I hear you correctly? Are they already doing preparatory work there, even though... Oh, absolutely. They've been doing it for over a year now. They do it on a regular basis. Huh. They're preparing Line 66, which is a twin line along 61 uh, on the long route. It's been on their planning boards for a number of years. They're doing everything, including uh, enlarging the easements. There's a group in uh, central Wisconsin and Wisconsin Rapids area called uh, 85 Feet is Enough. There are farmers and other people who oppose to adding additional uh, footage to Enbridge's easement. So if they need to put line 66 in, it's called Twin Line 61, that uh, they're, they're ready to do it. So Enbridge has always got several options on the board. They've already requested that the dualant line that runs north could be converted to run south if line five doesn't go through. Enbridge has about 10 years of planning on the board and they can rearrange their configurations at, at a whim uh, last year. At the end of line three, uh, while line three was going in, Enbridge added $1.1 billion to the project to help fund the law enforcement fund that they put up in northern Minnesota, where they paid police officers time and a half and mileage to come from everywhere into northern Wisconsin and force and uh, to pay for all kinds of other expenses in terms of advertising and buying everyone they can that's for sale. 
Yeah, and I remember being there just about a, a year ago and uh, seeing how uh, law enforcement really was working in full Enbridge, definitely not for the people. And Jill, of course, um, you were actually seriously injured by um, one of these police officers. We, we talked about it last time um, you were on, so I don't want to spend too much time on that, but uh, tell me what you know about uh, the current campaigns that are going on against it. Paul just mentioned a lot of uh, diverse groups. Um, What do you know about these groups and other groups, perhaps? Um, Who's involved? How can people get involved if if, uh, they're here in this show today and uh, want to do something about it? Well, I think I think it's important to to stay informed because things change on this on this you know every day. Um, it's really great to follow uh, Honor the Earth uh, website and on Facebook um, because they they're telling what's going on in, in this fight and in this struggle. Um, uh, and again, I, I I you know there's there's not any protesting going on right now because um it's not approved yet like you said esty um but we're we we're, we stay very aware and we get together and we discuss it and and stay informed so it's real important for people to stay informed and get active with this i started a facebook page uh never michaels wi never michaels wisconsin to give updates and and educate people on on um on what's happening with, that I know with line five and to educate them on, on, on Michael's. Uh, one other thing I wanted to bring up another thing for people to ask questions about, uh, when I was up there, uh, we did, we did a walk along some of the, um, route that the line five reroute is going to take. And we were in, uh, we ended up having lunch in Copper Falls state park and you walk across this, this, you know, wood plank to get to this little bench there by the river. And, um, uh, Jan Penn said, as you were walking across, did you see those little yellow tags or orange tags on the trees, which I hadn't. And she said, those are, uh, marked for Ambridge because they're going to go through there. And, um, and, and I said, wait, wait a minute, Enbridge is, this is a state park. I own this park. I'm a resident of Wisconsin. I own this park. How can Enbridge go through a state park to find out that Enbridge paid this little bitty city of Mellon, which I believe has 645, 95 people, $5 million for that property, that easement to, 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 um, put their pipeline through. And it, it and it is also a felony in Wisconsin. So when this pipeline does start to go through, which, which, you know, we're going to do everything to make sure that doesn't happen, but should it go through, water protectors will not be allowed to so much step on what is Enbridge property. Now, how in a state park can that be Enbridge property that if I step off that wood plank, I am now on, on Canadian foreign property and, and subject to, to a felony just for walking over that. That should horrify people. When we have come to the point that there is an absolute corporate takeover of nature, we need to all be very concerned and we need to stay aware 
and we need to to tell people by all means never michael's wisconsin and from some of the polling i've seen it's it, it's painfully close and it's going to get uglier as the campaign uh nears nears november and uh, Michael's is 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 a serial liar. <laughs> From all the research I've done, he has no problem um, spewing falsehoods. And so I think he is going to get very very ugly. And um, and so uh, you know people who you know I talk to people who say, well, Lieber's hasn't done enough. Well, you know, then I have to remind them. Well, and the and the Republicans also went into a midnight session uh, to take you know a lot of Evers um, powers and and um, you know away from him. So there's that, and then um, and then also uh, people that say they they just aren't going to vote. Is you don't understand the implications uh, of this. So it's real important to me to to spread the news about them that a. Their fear tactics of oh that's going to make gas. Look at how expensive gas is now. It's going to go back over five dollars a gallon. That is just simply not true. And people need to understand all the things that Paul explained about where this this uh, tar sand oil is is ending up is not in their gas tanks. And it's yeah. not you know the jobs aren't aren't there. Um, everything that they're saying to push this is absolutely not true so people just need to ask you know i just see uh you know embridge as being uh uh you know some kind of a a a cartel actually um when they have got all of our 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 legislators our governors even our presidents in their pocket and and they just ignore what um what uh, the epa is saying what the people are saying what science is saying that this is a bad idea you cannot you know um so i just say you know really really stay informed um ask questions uh contact biden i think that's real real important especially you know with the with the midterms coming up that 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 the environment has become a real a real big issue now and he needs to address it he needs to declare a climate emergency because then that would stop this that would put a halt to permits that would put the money that 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 goes into um, into you know research for the the oil companies into into um, alternative clean energy. So um, I think we need to stay on on all of our legislatures and and on and especially on Biden. This this you know adhering to this 1977 treaty between Canada and the U.S. to make sure that oil continues to flow for them not for us, is obscene and ridiculous. Yeah. Yeah. Um, good points, uh, Jill, and I, I really want to highlight the importance of knowing these things early rather than after yes. after they have already happened. And uh, we have an example in um, the Pinocchio's mine on uh, Bad River, um, I happen to be the first uh, person to do a show about it or to do any kind of media about it after people from up north contacted me and told me about the plans. And um, so so I think, you know, there is a chance that uh, we here um, helped 
early um, opposition to happen. And of course, I'm not taking any credit for the fact that the Pinocchio's mine did not happen. But uh, I do take credit for letting people know about it early, which I think is very important. And that's what we are doing now. I think a lot of people don't know about the role of Tim Michaels in all of these. And I want to ask you, uh, Paul, of course, if, if you have anything you want to um, respond to what Jill was saying, but I also would like to ask you to uh, put line five and line three and Apple and, and Keystone XL and all the other pipelines that are less known in in the context of um, the of white exploitation of native lands and water and so on um, throughout the years that uh, Europeans have been on uh, this land here. Uh, well, I think it's important to reiterate what Jill had said about uh, the melon land that was actually bought for $4.2 million, which was uh, public access land for the North Country Trail. So that little uh, bridge that uh, goes to the bench that Jill talked about runs over a now Enbridge-owned land in what's a pristine old-growth Bad River Lowlands area. And what really is concerned to the tribes is not over the general environment and wild rice and water quality and those things, but the impact that these lands have on uh, the animals and the flora and everything else around them, including the Copper Falls Aquifer, a great concern. Jill had said the EPA said it was a bad idea. In fact, EPA has noted that Enbridge itself admits that it wouldn't be able to remediate down Copper Falls area because that, there's no way to get emergency vehicles in there. Uh, I would recommend that you go to communitiesunitedbywater.org communitiesunitedbywater.org. It has a listing of community events and potlucks that are coming up in that area. The area is very, very well organized through the Uni uh, Communities United by Water organization, not for sale or uh, not for sale organization. And, and, and they have a long record of uh, organizing to protect the water up in the Shaquamigan Bay area. So I think this route is going to be a difficult route. It's only Enbridge's preferred route. They had four other routes on the plans. This is the one they decided to go for. So there's lots of activities coming up. There's a big gathering up in Mackinac Straits on September 3rd, a Water is Life festival there. There's a concert on the waterfront, uh, Duluth waterfront on September 4th, uh, Indigo Girls and David Huckfelt and a whole lineup of people who are bringing everyone from their region uh, together. Uh, there is also interesting some arguments coming up on, uh, I think it's Tuesday, October 11th in federal court. And there's some people talking about, uh, you know, Bad River wants to make sure that they have in, in the integrity of their arguments at the courthouse. So an alternative was proposed that maybe during 2.30 that afternoon that people hold a silent prayer vigil for the 20 minutes that they have to mm -hmm. argue the case. They're concerned about the rice, the water, uh, the commercial fisheries and tribal fisheries of Lake Superior, if there should be a major leak, there shouldn't be a line running along that shoreline the way it is. They've already had washouts and spills that have uh, endangered the area enough. So, um, you know, uh, making sure that people are aware of where Michael's is coming from, 
uh, how much money uh, is being put in uh, by uh, this foreign corporation to buy the uh, political process and the policy structure, uh, the regulatory process in the state of Wisconsin and control it through their own organizing of, uh, of union people with all these postcards and with all these letters to the editors mm -hmm. that uh, claim that we're all dependent and love uh, fossil fuels. It's not the truth. Mm -hmm. Right. So um, we have only three minutes left. Um, so I, sp I suppose I will ask you, Paul, um, how how to win, considering the Line 3 has been constructed and is carrying oil, as is the Dakota Access Pipeline. Um, both of them um, were the subject of significant resistance, but um, we did not win these. Um, how how do we do it, or what do we need to do? We've, we've already we've already won a lot, uh, SD. We've we've won a lot because we forced Enbridge to spend money in the United States. We forced Enbridge to claim that there's, you know, their safety concerns are paramount, and they've added all kinds of new safety devices to the lines. Uh, Enbridge would not be spending to the tune of $300 million just to buy Indians, let alone whatever else they bought in Minnesota last year. They wouldn't be making these expenditures or running their governor's candidate if they didn't think there was a chance that they would lose in Wisconsin. This is Enbridge buying Wisconsin, a foreign corporation from one end to the other, from the social media networks and your Facebook pop-up Enbridge ads to your editorials that are being written by a newspaper chain that's getting lucrative advertising contracts from Enbridge to the unions, yep. to all the little people. We just need our voice to be able to speak up and say we disagree with it. The Wisconsin DNR, EPA, and Army Corps of Engineers needs to do their job, and this line will be defeated. Mm -hmm. Jill, one minute to answer the same question. Um, you know what? Another thing I want to make uh, a visual for SD is... Um, that when when they use the terms leak and spill when these pipes burst when not if they're not leaks and they're not spill uh you know a leak is something coming from my car when i pull it into the garage and i see it on the floor of the garage that's a leak a spill is when my grandson accidentally tips over a glass of milk when we're talking about hundreds of thousands and even millions of gallon as in the kalamazoo 1.2 million gallons of oil that's not a leak or a spill that's a flood and an inundation so i just want people to get the visual of 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 the the catastrophic uh, uh, impact that this has. I, I was in California in 2014 when there was the, in this, they still call it the refugio oil spill in Santa Barbara. And I went up as soon as it happened to try and help with things. That ended up closing 125 miles of the California coast beaches. That's yeah. Thank you, uh, Jill. I'm, I'm sorry, but we really need to end here. Thank you so much, Paul DeMaine, current board chairman for Honor the Earth, uh, previous publisher of the award-winning News from Indian Country, and Jill Ferguson, a long-time water and land protector. Thank you, both of you, so very much for joining us again today. Thank you to Samer and Richelle. I'm Esti Dinor. We'll be talking again about water, actually, next week. Bye-bye.